Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody. We're not going to do the fight song. We're just going to go <laughs> straight into uh, CSR Live, episode 114, Tempo Review. We'll take a look ahead at uh, Tulane. But uh, first things first, uh, elephant in the room. I don't know if you want to – Larry is joining me. I don't know if you want, want to jump into that first, or we'll, we'll take it quarter by quarter. But overall, I think you predicted um, this – in the in the early in the season, like our pregame show, you said this one, uh, you know, we would get smacked in the mouth, and that's what happened. Well, yeah. So you and I kind of talked off there, and 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 I, if you look at if you look at the way the season was going to play out, um, un- unless Ole Miss was better than we thought they were going to be, and they weren't, there was really there was no team out there that was going to be tough. That we were, I mean, it's really physically tough that we were going to see, and and so. Temple was like you look at the schedule you go you want at Temple that's really your first taste of just a team that just cannot wait to just slap you and that's kind of what we saw was that um, I remember saying in the pregame show that Memphis could look up and they're down you know you know fourteen twenty one points and then, of course they they ended up getting down sixteen to nothing and then here here's where and we're going to talk about Brady, I'm sure. But here's where oh, yeah. M- Memphis and Brady White in particular, okay? I'm just going to give him credit, and I'm not going to be um, – mentally, they were really resilient. And because it's not hard on the road for you to – that game to get 23 nothing quick. And then, you know, then the final would be 44 you know, twenty. I mean that 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 game could have easily gone that way. They were there, mm-hmm. and to fight back, you get you get the touchdown, and then you come back. And we're, and like I said, we're going to go quarter by quarter. But, I mean, you know, the elephant in the room, of course, obviously the last to play was with uh, with Magnifico. But um, yeah, I have a standing a standing policy about officiating, and that is. Um, you 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 make plays, and if you make plays, the officials shouldn't matter. Now the, the side argument to that is, well, they did make a play, and so we'll talk about that in in a minute, I'm sure. But I, I'll just say it like this: there were plays to be made Saturday that didn't get made, um, and then there were things that I thought Brady specifically did wrong as the quarterback. Um, there's one person that there's just two people technically that touch the ball on most of your offensive possessions, and that's the center and the quarterback. And those two guys have got to handle the ball. And Brady did not live up to his side of that. But then again, we wouldn't have been in the game without him. So, you know, that's true. I'll bring on uh, our intern at uh, Tiger Sports Report, uh, Mitch. Uh, Mitch, what, what were your just uh, initial thoughts w- w- without diving deep and all the controversy and everything? Just coming away, what what's your initial thoughts uh, from the game? I think one of my biggest thoughts was, you know, not talking about the controversy, but having the Tigers put into that position where I think you guys might correct me, but they I think they had three turnovers, if not four, early on that got down. When you get down by that much, especially on the road to a good Temple team, it's hard to come back for that. And I think that was probably my biggest takeaway from the game. Um, not, you know, not talking about the controversy. That was my biggest takeaway is, you know, that the offense, Memphis offense cannot afford to do that against SMU, against a good two-lane team, against Cincinnati. I know those three games are at home, but if you do that against those three teams, like Temple, they're going to get right back up on you. It's going to be hard for the Tigers to come back. Yeah, and uh, guys, I mean, we'll go go right into it. Uh, this, I think this is the second game in a row where the offense just came out flat. Uh, I mean, here uh, first three uh, first three drives, uh, there was a punt, interception, fumble. Uh, actually, four drives, fumble. The fifth drive is a punt. I mean, you cannot start off like that, especially when Temple. You know, they have a touchdown, field goal, field goal, field goal, and I mean, and you're down all of a sudden, bam. What do you think the problem is? And lucky, on and lucky you're not down more. 
<laughs> yes, that was – now, if it wasn't for the Memphis defense, I mean, that could easily have been a 28 nothing you know, league for, for Temple. Correct. But when you look at this game and, you know, the, the you know, it's actually been a couple of games now coming out offensively that they've just been flat. You know, what do you think is going I on think, there? I think one of my biggest things, when, and you guys mentioned this, is 28 to nothing, but I think it's a lack of confidence. You know, you go on the road, especially at a place, a good team like Temple where – the crowd's maybe not into it, but it's also intimidating to go into those NFL stadiums and play for Brady White because he's not he's not on that level yet where he needs to be to be where we can all say, okay, he's confident. Brady White is old and sad. Like, he's good. Like, let's go. I think that's one of the biggest takeaways for me is saying, okay, Brady White in this offense is not confident enough to start the game like they need to start the game. You see that all across college football when you have such an experience to start – big games like Temple and like other games across the country in the SEC and Big Ten and across those, you know, you see these inexperienced guys start the way they do. They get under control, and by the time you get under control, you guys are down, you know, 20 points, and it's hard to come back and dig out of that hole. Larry? Well, so let's, let's think about it a little different in this sense. Um, I'm, I'm not as concerned about. I'm not as concerned about the the turnovers, um, and and uh, being the key to the slow start. What I see, what I saw, and have seen um, in the recent past is that, and I don't think it's confidence either necessarily. I think what we're seeing is, um, especially Saturday, was. And this may be something that you guys don't even hadn't even thought of or, or didn't know. That's that's one of the few grass fields, and, and this is to yes. sound excuse, but it's very different. So the, as someone who played on an astroturf in my career, um, it's very different when you're playing on an astroturf versus a grass field. And so we would actually go and practice on the grass field the whole week because it's very different how you play. I saw guys that were, especially on offense, they were coming out of their breaks slow, They the timing was off, and you saw, and some of this is coaching, like I fully admit, like you know you're going to play on a grass field, so you got to, but the timing was just not there. And then um, we seemed to adjust about midway through the first quarter, well, maybe going into the second quarter. We seemed to adjust, and then the offense took off from there. Um, but I just saw a lot of, of sloppy play in this game. I don't think it's confidence, and I don't, I'm not as concerned about the turnovers because those things are going to happen. I just think – and I, I'm not blaming it all on the rest field at all. I'm simply saying I think that they were a little intimidated maybe um, by the, the atmosphere. Um, that's also a – an NFL stadium they're playing in. So mm-hmm. for kids that have never been there, um, you know, that's a new thing. And and you, you were there, Brian. You know, it is yes. even different from the Liberty Bowl. Um, for those of you who have never been to an NFL stadium, a lot of people have been maybe to see the Titans or something. But um, if you've never been in, like, the Superdome or you've never – and I'm not saying that that's it either. I'm simply saying – it's a different environment, and what I saw was a team that looked like they were just a little intimidated by the setting. Yeah, for me, I think they were just stunned, really. Um, it is because, I mean, I looked up the stats I tweeted out before the game. Under Coach Norvell, Memphis does not play well on grass. Well, I mean, they they don't have a good record. I shouldn't say they, they don't play well because they played great, you know, against the UC, uh, UCF games. So, but just grass, they don't have a good record now. They're two and six now uh, when playing on natural grass under Coach Norvell. But yeah, what I saw yeah. in the beginning, like pregame, the guys were they seemed focused, they seemed you know ready, dialed in, and just you know when kickoff happened, you know I guess when you know when that after that uh, you know first possession where they they couldn't do anything. Um, I mean, they just got smacked in the mouth, and then all of a sudden. You know, Temple goes up, and it, it just seems like they were stunned, and it took a while for them to maybe maybe they were faced like a boxing term. If you get you know if you get clocked, it may take a <laughs> you know a minute or two to to regain your senses. Really, I mean that's I, right. I think that's what I saw 
Because when you when right. you look at the uh, the game, you take away that first quarter, you know, Memphis wins 28-17. It's just that, that first Cor- quarter, you know, when they got smacked in the mouth. Correct. It's a it's it's clearly a, a a a they came out and and could not for whatever reason, um, and they just had to adjust to, uh, and they had to adjust to the speed of the game and how Temple was going to play. And I said this again at the beginning of the season. They this was the first team that was really going to come out and smack them. And that's I mean that's what happened. That's what you saw. Yep, and you know, that, uh, that's Brady... something that. Go ahead. Go ahead, Mitch. No, go ahead, Mitch. Um, that's something that also kind of stood out to me when they announced the schedule. I talked to several people. I think I even talked to you, Brian, as well. And I know I talked to Isaac. You know, when they announced the schedule, Temple always seems to have Memphis's number, and it just always seems to be on that on the road game environment. And just kind of going into this and the preparation and being around, you know, listening to the press conference and everything, you kind of got that vibe that. This was going to be that game, but Memphis is going to lose one. This would be probably the one. Yeah, and they, yeah. I mean, they just th- those those are tough games. Um, I mean, let me see here. Now, if I'm not mistaken, it's like every they it, it alternates because um, like the first game back in thirteen, Temple won. The very next game, Memphis won. The very next game, Temple won, and then uh, Memphis won. Uh, in 16, here in 19, Temple won. So, I mean, it's just weird how that they, they just alternate the wins like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they're all close games. I mean, the, except, for, right. except for two of them, they were all seven points or less. So, definitely yeah. tough. But what now let's uh, dive into a little bit on uh, Brady White. Overall, I mean, we, you get past the, the early, but, I mean, 28 for 43, 363 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, but I think he also had two fumbles. What, what are you seeing yeah, from, uh, from Brady White? There's a, there's a lot of uh, – there was a lot of Twitter hatred you know, going his way early in the game. But like you said earlier, uh, Larry, they wouldn't have, you know, gotten close in this game if it wasn't for Brady. So go ahead and evaluate his performance. Well, okay, so so you have to anything you, you do, you have to start turning the ball over. All right, so you cannot lay the ball on the ground. Um, he made mistakes. He made effort. Some of those were effort mistakes. Okay, that's why I said earlier I'm not as worried about that as it's not a situation where he's throwing into triple coverage. The interception was, I believe, tipped. Um, so I'm not. Again, the turnovers are bad. Look, bad, plays happen. You you go through stretches where you just have bad things happen to you. Um, I, I we said off the air, and I'll stand behind this. There was nobody on the roster that was going to lead us back. Uh, I thought his numbers after the, the bad start were excellent. Um, he played well, controlled the ball. We didn't have any turnovers, and. Um, he outplayed Russo, in my opinion, um, and he set up he, – he did – there's a lot more to quarterbacking than just throwing the ball. And we've talked about this so much, Brian. You know, mm-hmm. he, got the, he got the players in the right positions. He audibled out into the Watkins touchdown. Um, he he, he um, switched sides on the uh, – switched side. that means he switched the side of the play. On the touchdown from uh, Gainwell, so uh, the coaxy pass was great. Look, he played really well, and it's not on him. I th- I, I have I was thinking I'm thinking about this. I haven't really uh, outside of Josh Pasner, has there been a more polarizing sports figure in Memphis in like the last five years, six years? I mean, Good question. What do you think? I I think from my from my stand my pinpoint my uh, side of things, I think a lot of it comes with a lot of Memphis fans, and we you know us as well. I think we got spoiled with Riley Ferguson and Paxton Lynch. I think we when we have a quarterback like Brady White who's gonna make mistakes, but you know what? When you look at his numbers, yes, I mean throwing for. 363 yards, 28 for 43. His longest was a 43-yard 
you know, touchdown pass. I mean, you look at those, he's got two touchdown passes. When you look at that and you also look back at Riley, you know, Riley Ferguson, Paxton Lynch, like those quarterbacks spoil numbers because they very rarely made mistakes. They got the big wins over Ole Miss. They got the big wins when they needed it. But we also have to remember Memphis hasn't won a bowl game under Mike Ravel, and Brady White is the best quarterback right now to put Memphis in that position to win the bowl game, first bowl game under Mike Ravel. Correct. Good. What about uh, a little bit down the line, the offensive line? I know we've been back and forth. Um, I, I'm not sure what to think of the offensive line because I think they they uh, run block well, but pass block is suspect. In it. But but some games they're they're decent at it, and some games you know not so much. What, what do you think is going wrong with the offensive line? Why they're just not able to blast pass block as well as they run block? I think it um, all comes down. Or go ahead. No, 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 you go. I think a lot of it comes down to discipline. You know, I think you look at a couple of the penalties, you look at a couple things on the offensive line, it's like it, it all comes down to discipline. You know, and I think that that is one of the things where they expect for, okay, the running game, you know, with Kenny Gangwell or when Tony Pollard comes back, those guys fire off the line, they get done with their job, they can turn the blocks over. And I think that's one of the differences in the passing, you know, the pass block and the run block is Brady White needs that extra time and the offensive linemen are not used to providing that extra time yet. Well, pass blocking is technique, whereas run blocking run blocking is just more you fire off the line and you hit hit somebody. And and so that's more of a – I won't say it's easier. It's simpler for sure, and you're just firing off the line and you're knocking somebody backwards and trying to create a hole. Um, pass blocking is – Technique and getting the correct call. So if you got a blitz, you got to know who you're going to pick up. For example, um, and what I'm seeing is a whole lot of missed assignments, um, and a lot of it is because these guys really haven't. But this their sixth game together as as a unit, and um, normally it takes several, you know, a lot of reps together game reps not practice reps there's a difference and you just need they need game reps they've got the size and they have the ability there they're certainly athletic enough to do it but in in essence what i'm saying is that run blocking is easier than pass blocking i guess going forward what would you like to see you know differently or do you expect more of the same do you think they can finally get well, they're together they're going to get better mean, yeah right. you're going to get better because of, I think it has a big opportunity to Tulane to show that they've gotten better. Yes. Because Tulane, if you look at Tulane, they're not a very big team. I mean, they've got some big guys down low, but they're not a very big team. So you have a big opportunity to get that technique and get that confidence that their offensive line is so lacking right now. I mean, they're, they're it all comes down to technique and confidence. And I think that that's something that against Tulane, they're going to have the opportunity to earn back. Switching to the running backs, Kenny Gainwell, um, he almost became the first Tiger to run for 100 and uh, catch for 100. But uh, I think one of the last plays, he had a two-yard loss. Uh, He ended up with uh, 98 yards receiving. You know, what can you say about his play? I mean, he's been fantastic uh, ever since, uh, you know, Patrick Taylor's been out. If it wasn't for him, where do you think this offense would be? Oof. I, um, I'll let you with that one. No, sorry. Um, no, you're good. I where do I think they'd be? I I think they'd be not very good. No, I can't go on. They're really good. I, I I I but 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 Kenny is just special and and um I'm trying. I was trying to think of a comp to him yesterday. Um. He's a better receiver than Henderson, and I said that from the beginning. He's a better receiver than Henderson or or D'Angelo. I don't think he's faster than Henderson. He's probably as fast as D'Angelo, though. Man, I don't know that we've had a dual threat running back like this since, since I've been alive. 
I'm just trying to think of one. I can't think of one. So uh, this is new territory. You're talking about a guy who legitimately could lead your team in rushing or a. That is really hard as a defender to match up because now you've got to you can't spy him with a linebacker because he'll 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 basically um, he'll take you on 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 a, on a wheel route and he'll take you down the field. Or you can't really spy him with a, a a safety unless he's just like an NFL safety because he'll run over you or run around you. Um, I don't know, Brian. I, that's just, I can't think of a comp for the kid. He's he's yeah. Yeah, he's going to be a star if he doesn't get hurt. And they Mitch, your thoughts? I think you know, thinking of somebody that could possibly be on the same level and. You know, in my lifetime, I would say D'Angelo or Daryl Henderson. I think that those two guys, when Kenny Gainwell is all said and done and after Tony Pollard comes back, I think Kenny Gainwell will probably equal up to what D'Angelo did, what Daryl Henderson did, and especially mean to the city because he's such a lovable, awesome guy. And the question I have for you guys is when Tony Pollard comes back, who's going to be the number one running back? Is it going to be Pollard or is it going to be Gainwell? Well, I, I'm assuming um... – I mean, Tony, Tony Pollard is playing for the Cowboys. Um, Not Pollard, Taylor, my bad. Patrick Taylor, my yeah. bad. I don't even know Patrick why. Patrick Taylor. I, 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 I think Memphis would take mad. Pollard right about now, though. We, I, yeah, we take Pollard. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah, sitting here yeah. looking at the Dallas Cowboys scores, so that's, that's why I said Tony Pollard. But, uh, no, are you, are you, are you, you just are you trying to depress yourself for some reason? Or? Oh, I'm not a Cowboys fan. I'm a Patriots <laughs> fan, guys. So, Brian, no, oh, there I'm, you go. I'm a Cowboys fan, so. I'm a Cowboys fan. So, so let's make let's make fun of Cowboys fans for a second. No, let's not. Um, <laughs> but but no. I, so, so so this is an interesting question and one that I've thought about. Um, here, here's here's the reality: is that Patrick is back to where he was last year. I mean, that's that's just the reality. He's going to be sharing. Reps with Gainwell. You have, yeah. The other, the thing, the the good thing here is that you can slot Gainwell out as a receiver, and I think you'll see that stack. I also think you'll see the split uh, pistol. I think you'll have both of them in the game at the same time. That's something you really I, couldn't do with Daryl. On, on my on my end, I think we're going to see a lot more of the Wildcat formation. I mean, you're going to have both guys in. You can run it with either or especially on those goal line stands. I mean, you can put Gainwell yeah. in there and run the Wildcat formation, and bam, you've got another touchdown. And, I, and the thing about it is, and, and from my perspective, and you guys might be different, but looking at the depth chart, I would almost list Kenny Gainwell as the first running back. That, I would now. Yeah. I don't, I, mean, they're, they're de- I don't know. They're definitely two different, uh, you know, players though but you know when you need you know just a bruiser I mean that's that's Taylor but I mean he has some pop you know some speed to him too and if he comes back next week we'll see uh, I think he's close to, to coming back but you know I, I kind of feel I mean he was out there and he, he was you know jogging this feels around like Tulsa, so I, doesn't it Brian this feels like yeah Tulsa. like it just does I I I don't I have, and I don't have no insight on this at all other than what I was told way back when, which was, you know, they felt like it could even go to the last three games before, which I think that's after the second bye. They said he it could go to the second bye week before he he got, um, which is, yeah, that's that's the first week of the second week. But if he does come back, it just feels like Tulsa would be the week he'd come back. It, it, that'd be the earliest. I, he might yeah, I, I would uh, – depending on how Tulane and Tulsa game goes, you would – you re- I, I think Memphis would really like him back for that SMU game because that one yep. – that, that's going to be important. I mean, I, I, all of them are important from here on out, but that one's going to be the big one. Um, Assuming but, uh, we you win know, the next two. you got to win the next two to yes. make SMU important. Uh, yeah. But you, going back to the game – 
second quarter, uh, I mean, they played a, a lot better. Uh, they started to turn things around. Uh, I, I think the third and fourth quarter, they, they pretty much uh, dominated. I mean, the whole second half, really, I mean, they dominated because, you know, Temple only had, you know, seven points. But Memphis had a chance. Now we'll, we'll go ahead and talk about that elephant in the room. <laughs> the, <laughs> the the call, the uh, that controversial call where it was it was turned over. What what were your initial thoughts? Uh, we'll start with Larry. When you when you first saw that, you know, what just what went through your mind? Well, so, so when I when I saw the play, I thought it was a catch, and I wasn't sure what they were reviewing. To be honest with you, and I think you were at the game. You tell me, but I saw it on TV when I saw the play. I was like, I caught the ball. That's a great, great play. Good catch by Joey. Um, the when it was overturned, I, you know, I had no idea what could have possibly they could have possibly seen. And I saw Jonah um, tweet out the the replay. Mm-hmm. And you know, you and I have talked about this, Brian. I, what I saw, or at least what I didn't see, was the ball hit the ground ever. Now there is some some space there. You see the ball jostle. Um, it looked like the ball was jostled when his arm hit the ground. And you know, that's what I saw. I, I, again, I have a policy that I don't blame officials for losing a game um this was a situation where we 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 should have made some other plays to win this game but uh and 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 brian you know my long-standing feeling about kickers so there's no (laughs) you know there's no there's no guarantee that even if you know joey's awarded the catch and we're on the 30 yard line that's still a 57 yard field goal 47, excuse me, 47-yard field goal. Yeah, 47, yep. Um, no, no, no gimme, okay? Um, I think we'll probably get a little closer and, you know, give him a little bit better shot. But the point is there's no gimmies here. That doesn't mean that Memphis will take the lead. It just gives us a shot at taking the lead. Um, you know, guys, I'll be completely honest with you. I think he caught the football. I think most of us think he caught the football. I think most of us think that Tom Brady. I know you're. I know you're a Patriots fan, man. But I think Tom Brady fumbled the freaking football in the snowball. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think that I was think, a little. I was a little. I'm a little too young to remember that game. <laughs> oh shit! Excuse my French. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Okay. Um, well, we're getting anyway, old, Larry. He fumbled the football. I'm sorry. I said, yeah, we're getting old. I know. I oh yeah 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 yeah. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, boy, I remember that game so well. I was anyway. Um, so I, you know, there's a lot of calls that have happened in in sports that you look at and just say, "We got screwed." Um, okay, that may have happened, and but you still got you still got your season is in front of you, and if you win your games, you control your own fate. So if we win our games, we still win the West, period. Yes. And it, so the rest of that doesn't matter. And, and and so, okay, even if even if that is the biggest con job of the year in college football, which probably won't be, but even if it is, we can still win the West, we can still win the conference, and I, I believe, and I do believe this, if we win out, you know, beating – you will have beaten Cincinnati probably twice. Um, you will have beaten, you know, SMU, Tulsa, and Tulane. Um, I, you know, I think we'll get a lot of consideration over Boise. Um, I don't, but but even if that doesn't happen, I mean, we still would have won the conference, guys. So it's still yeah. all in front of you. Mitch, your your thoughts when you uh, first saw that uh, catch, not catch. So my first thought was, first off, it was a catch. No no doubt about it, it's a catch. And I, and I think when you look back at the rule book, if you look back at what the AAC gave to us, 
I mean, that wasn't a very clear, like, response. Like, it was more like, no. yeah, hey, it was blah, 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 blah. And it was just, there was no, okay, here's why it was this. Here's why it wasn't that. And I think that that was my first takeaway. But also, you know, when you look at the rest of the season, I hope Memphis and I hope Memphis fans also don't dwell on it. You know, and, and I live by a lot of the college basketball coaches where they say, okay, and Nick Saban's uh, philosophy as well, they say, okay, 24 hours, win, you lose, get over it, you know, and let's move on. I live kind of by that same motto with Memphis here this, this year. I wanted to say, hey, you know what? They got screwed. Let's come out against Tulane. Let's play kickoff football. Let's get the win, and let's also take it game by game. And also while we're at it, let's pull against Boise. Let's pull against SMU and then handle our business against SMU in Cincinnati. I think that's the kind of the approach we have to, to take because obviously – you know, Memphis got screwed. There's no doubt about it. I, you know, it, it was an obvious test, this and that. But also, you got to handle business the rest of the season, and you got to let college football beat college football. You know, we saw South Carolina beat Georgia on Saturday. You got to let college football handle itself. And I think that that's something. As you know, as the season progresses, you get ready for Tulane. You know, Tulane prep starts today for the Tigers. You get ready for Tulane. I think that that's one of the biggest things for me is say, hey, you know what? That happened. We got screwed. Let's keep our head up, let's keep going, and let's play Tiger football and come out here and show the world why we should be deserving of a New Year's Six Bowl game. Yeah, when I was at the when I was in the press box, um, I, I think everybody in the press box was shocked that it was overturned. Uh, you know, it was there was so much uproar in the press box that if I'm not mistaken, you know, I, the guy next to me reminded me that hey, they. They uh, they just announced that you know you're not supposed to root you know or you know cheer or anything, but no one cheered. It was just it was like pure shock that it was overturned. Um, but yeah, it was uh, to me it was it, it was a huge con job. I mean, I remember the uh, movie Full Metal Jacket. There was a line in there that the drill sergeant says, "If you're gonna you know get screwed from behind, at least give a common courtesy for a reach around." AAC right. did not give Memphis a reach around at all. <laughs> I mean, this was this was a raping, in my opinion. Now, I looked frame by frame, you know, second by second. There's a spot where, you know, you can assume the ball hit the ground, but you do not see the ball hit the ground because the way the ball reacts, you know, a second or two later – where it it, it kind of pops out, but you don't see the ball hit the ground. To me, that's where it has to be clear and indisputable. I can dispute that um, that it didn't touch the ground because you can't see it. Um, so that's why, for me, I thought it was, uh, you know, it shouldn't have been overturned. But everything's still, like like you guys said, everything's still in front of uh, Memphis. Um, they got uh, Tulane next week. Quick preview uh, for that game. What are your initial thoughts about Tulane, who's, who's surprisingly, you know, pretty good? I mean, they have a decent oh, football, yeah. uh, football club. I mean, they uh, they played Auburn tough. Um, I mean, they obviously beat Houston, uh, but Houston, look what Houston's – they haven't done much, but they handled Well, Army. Houston should have won that game. Houston would have won that game <laughs> if they'd not been playing, like, the 10th game in, like, five days. I mean, yeah. you know, that Houston was way up in that game and just ran out of gas. I mean, lost on the last play of the game, or that game goes to overtime. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's not really fair. I, 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 Tulane's a good football team. Let's, let's, let's say that right now. But, and they played Auburn, and they played Auburn well. And there's, I, I said this on, um, on our show last Tuesday. I said, there's no team in the AAC that would have gone to Auburn and won. Okay? So, and I feel comfortable in saying that. UCF, uh, no one is going to go to Auburn and beat Auburn. Yeah. So they played them tough. Um, give them credit. Having said that, you know, they're like us. Like, I don't think they played anybody that has just smacked them in the mouth. Like, really just come out. And somebody that they didn't expect, and they just come out and just punch them. Now what you going to do? Um, so it's going to be interesting to see, A, how Memphis reacts, and B, um, 
How does Memphis react after last year when we just went down there and got smoked? Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, one of the things that I – when I was at practice, I I heard players talk about that, that, you know, we got we got trounced by Tulane last year, you know, and they were using that as motivation of of saying, hey, don't, you know, don't get – don't get too too complacent here. We got we got our butt kicked by Tulane, and it would surprise me if they didn't show up Saturday and play well. So I'll say that Tulane's a good team. Um, they've got a they've got a, statistically they've got a really good defense, and um, but you know we saw we've seen teams move the ball on on Tulane, so I I think you're right, Brian. They're a good ball club, but I don't know that. I don't know that they're as good as maybe their stats show. Does that yeah. make any sense? Yeah, because when you take a look at their stats, I mean, they don't pass that much. I mean, they don't, they're 91st in the country in the past, but their running game, they're fourth in the nation. They, they average 288 yards, you know, per game. And Memphis can't stop the run to save, their, you know, to save anything. I mean, they're they're 93rd in the country in stopping the run. That's, that, I mean, that sort of shocked me, too, with uh, – you know, Coach, uh, you know, Fuller coming over, I, I thought that would that would improve. It, it has improved a little bit, but not as much as, you know, obviously I would I would like. But, yeah, that, I think right. that's the matchup to see. The Tulane running game against, the, you know, the the, the, the run defense of, of Memphis. Mitch, your thoughts on the game? You know, I think when you look at the Tulane game, and, you know, I said it uh, about, the, about the no call or about the terrible call there, matter of fact, you know, move on, play kickoff football, and I think that's what the Tigers are going to do. And also, you add in the extra momentum from last year, getting absolutely drilled by Tulane last year at Tulane. I think that gives the Tigers the momentum, and I think they come out. I don't. I think it might be close starting off. Just I'm going to give Tulane the benefit of the doubt, but I think in the end, the Tigers get a massive, massive win over the Green Wave. I like I like Brady White to do well. I like. Uh, I, I like the offense to do well, I like the defense to show up, and I think the Tigers play with momentum, and I think the Tigers play with the swag that we haven't seen all season long. Now, anyone want to guess a score? What, what do you think the, the range will be? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've already thought about it. I think it's going to be like 37-23, 37-24, something like that. I'm going to go Memphis 35, 2 14. Yeah, I do think Memphis bounces back. I, I mean, I, I see like a 37-24 range. Um, you know, I, I do think it's going to be a – Stealing my score, man. Enter- do what now? He's stealing my score, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 37-24. I mean, I think it's going to be a highly entertaining game. Uh, it should be a fun game to watch. Um, we we, yeah. we don't take calls very often, but we do have Rowdy Rod. He he has to get his uh, two cents in work. But before we get out of here, Rod, how you doing? Yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm glad to see you guys back, Larry. I know you love it. I'm on the phone, but anyway, uh, <laughs> just wanted to you know kind of touch something here real quick. So you know, I was looking at Twitter, and a lot of people were really upset, you know, with the call and everything. And you know, I think it has to. Uh, on, on that catch, okay, uh, if you read Article 5 in the uh, catching and receiving um, and uh, interception and recovery, okay, very you can have control through your hands, a firm control of your hands or your arms, right? So as I've looked, just kind of like Brian said, and Larry, I'm sure, and Mitch, all of y'all have looked at it kind of frame by frame, I saw that he had control. Now, to move forward, the last statement inside that, okay, if a player has control of the ball, a slight movement of the ball, even if it touches the ground, will not be considered a loss of possession. He must lose control of the ball in order for those to be, for that to be a loss of possession. So, under, you know, once again, they shouldn't have never been in the position because, you know, you've got four turnovers, what, four turnovers in the first quarter, uh, you know, whatever it was, it was you know, an, an immense amount of turnovers. 
we shouldn't have been in that position. You know, Brian, you said 28, you know, we would have probably won, you know, 28 to whatever. Okay. Um, you know, I feel like the Tigers probably could have pounced them a little bit harder. Um, and, and we'd have probably capitalized off of some of those, <clears throat> some of those possessions that we lost the ball. So that's, you know, that was where, you know, when you're fighting uphill and you're coming off of a lot of different type of uh, issues, okay, that you're trying to get corrected, which they did a phenomenal job coming back on uh, Temple. The, the overall, when you are in that position, the refs have to get it right. And by my reading of what that rule says, they didn't get it right one way or the other, okay? Um, that's my interpretation. You know, I'm just glad that we've got a great team out there, that we were able to – our defense was able to trudge through all those uh, all those times on the field, especially in that four, first quarter, and really do a really great job. Uh, Kenny Gainwell is going to be special. You know, I'm, I'm excited to have him. What do we got him for another three, four years? And, you know, it's going to be a special, uh, a special occasion for Memphis moving forward. Um, and as far as my thoughts – um, towards Tulane, I think it's going to be a hard game for us, okay? Uh, I think mentally we're going to be there. I kind of pity the fools, but at the same time, I think Tulane knows that we can get beat. They probably picked up some, picked up on some things that they're going to be practicing towards this week uh, to face us that Temple executed against us. And, you know, we're just going to have to knuckle up, hold on to the ball, and really just focus in as far as Patrick Taylor and uh, Patrick Taylor and and, uh, um, and Kenny Gainwell, you know, Mitch. I think you hit it right. I think you're probably gonna you're probably gonna see both of them, you know, in that kind of that wildcat where they can go either direction and also slot and Gainwell out into the out into the receiving. You know, I think that's gonna we're gonna see a lot of that. I think even Norval kind of addressed it that when Taylor comes back, that he's gonna be able to manage enough touches for both players. Now, I don't know if y'all remember hearing that or not, but. What are y'all's thoughts on that rule? Going back to that rule now that you know I've kind of read it to you guys, you saw the you saw the the, the replays and everything else. What are y'all's thoughts? I know y'all feel that it's you know we got we got hosed pretty good, but what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's still the same for me. Uh, I mean, it's still to me a bad call. It should have been overturned, um, but I, I think I think this may end up being a good thing for Memphis because it, it gets that competitive competitive fire going, you know, in their eyes now that, you know, they have to uh, overcome some adversity. And I think this, this might be the thing that uh, pushes them over the edge to seriously be focused now for the rest of the season that you cannot mess up anymore. Um, you know, you just, just one, one mistake and, you know, you're going to need help getting to the uh, AAC championship game. But for me, yeah, definitely a hose. But I, I think this might be right, a good man. thing uh, going forward. I still think I still think it's going to be a good thing going on um, going forward. I'm going to piggyback what Brian said a little bit. But like I said, it's happened. It's over with. And I think Memphis needs to use this momentum and come out and prove to the college football world wrong and get to a New Year's Six Bowl and let's all make us all happy to go to the Cotton Bowl. Right. Okay. So, you know, that's right. Don't cry over spilt milk. Okay. My thoughts are that the AAC, okay, um, needs to get with their officiating crews and make sure that they got clear understanding of the rules of the game. Okay. I'm not crying that that lost the game for us. The turnovers lost the game for us, in my opinion. The, the, um, uh, but at the end of the day, when you've got money on the line, school, you know, school, uh, going to different bowl games and things like that. There needs to be a lot more clarification because I've seen some other really, really bad calls um, go on in the AAC um, over the over the uh, several years. And I think they just need to probably hunker down with these guys a little bit. And if they're, you know, it, and just and just, you know, maybe even have a, you know, have a meeting with them and say, look, you've got to. You know, make sure if it takes too much time, it takes too much time. If it takes an extra four or five minutes to pull it, pull the rules up in your phone, then, you know, pull the rules up in your phone. But let's get these things right, okay, because there's championship games that we'll be playing 
or our AAC teams will be playing. There's bowl games that they're going to be playing. There's going to be AAC officials all over the place, right? And they need to get these calls right, regardless. It didn't. We didn't lose the game because of that. It didn't help us. Okay, it would have been nice to be able to get down the field a little bit more and possibly have a chance to win the game, like Larry said. But at the end of the day, I think there should need needs to be some, you know, some corrective action on the AAC level. Um, because there's multiple, you know, there's multiple bad calls inside this conference. So that's that's my thoughts on it. I'm, I'm close enough to Providence. I'll go bust some kneecaps. <laughs> you gonna go break? <laughs> you gonna go break the kneecaps? I, I, I'll go bust some kneecaps. They don't want. They don't want that. They don't want that heat. I really, <laughs> I really appreciate y'all letting me come on and say a piece, Brian, and, and you know, speak my mind a little bit. And, but I am excited Definitely. for this football team. And guys, I really appreciate what y'all do. I was depressed because y'all didn't have the show, and it wasn't because I got to get on there and talk. Okay, it was because I love listening to you guys. And Larry, <laughs> your show's great. And I don't know where Isaac Thank is you. today, but. You know, um, I just want you guys to know that I love listening to y'all. Y'all are no, not y'all have fun with what you do. Okay, y'all do have fun with what you do, and let's go get them. Let's go beat Tulane. You know, and let's win the uh, West and win the AAC, and let's see if we can get into that New Year's Day six. Y'all have a great day. All right, take care, Rod. For, for the record, I love all, all right. of our listeners, even the ones that come on. Okay, so just for the record. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, definitely. Quick, no, so quick, so quick, quick story, Brian. I got, I got yes. to tell you this quick, real quick story. I was, I wasn't, you know this. I was in New York uh, last week, and I was, I was, I was actually in Times Square, uh, which is where my job was, and was walking around the night before, and I, just standing on the side of the, on the sidewalk is um is uh a Cros- Dave Crosby, just standing there, and I'm a I'm a big fan. I was totally starstruck, you know, and uh, so I walk up, you know, I was real nervous, and I, I, I told, you know, told him who I was, and I asked him if I could shake his hand, and and he looked at me and goes, oh, you do the show with Brian Moss, and I was like, no, he didn't say that, but, 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 but he, but it was really cool, and and uh, yeah. I, I was thinking about it after the fact, um, after I talked to him, I was like, I wonder if the Whatever people that listen to us um, feel that way about one of us, and 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 I hope not because um, I love all those guys, and and so like seriously, I get and I was totally I I really did see and meet David Crosby. That's that's that that part of it's true. Yeah, and I really was freaked out. Like it's this this guy's you know a legend, but uh, but anybody that that ever sees me. Some more, please, please come and say because we we love um, talking to you guys. Oh, definitely. Right, hey, yeah, I love, to, love hearing the insight. Definitely. All right, now I know we we normally don't talk about basketball here, but since the AAC Media Days uh, tomorrow, and I'm I'm going. Anything you want me to bring up to uh, Penny and the kids? Let's uh, ask him about the whole we want all the smoke and try to get him to get some good sound bites for us. I will do that. You know, you, you know I'm, I'm, I'm most interested in, in Penny's take on, on Mike Miller's new restaurant, and, and I, want, I want you to ask Penny if he's been to Let It Fly and, and give us a Ooh. complete synopsis of the food. And there's been a little uh, beef. Who was it between uh, Let It Fly? Yeah, him and, and Wings Guru. Yeah, Wings Guru. Yep. And I'll I'll, ch- I'll try to see if I can get on record who he likes better. <laughs> I don't know if he'll do yeah. it, but uh, no, that'd be good stuff. Not unless he really wants some smoke. <laughs> <laughs> good deal. I appreciate so, but you no, guys uh, for coming so, on. So, like I know, I know okay. we don't talk about basketball that much, um, mostly because I don't know jack about it, and I, and I'd be totally honest with everybody. But um, just as just as a pure fan, um, most excitement about about any basketball team since '09. I mean, I don't think any of Josh's teams had this much. 
talent. It's, it brings um, to mind, too, I meant on the way down driving to Philly, I, I stopped at a rest stop in Jersey and met some Tiger fans, and we were talking, when was the last time that the basketball and football team had this much excitement in the same year? Uh, we couldn't think of it. We couldn't, really couldn't think of a, of a year. I don't think it's been in my lifetime, truthfully. Well, probably not. I, I none of, none of Cal's teams when D'Angelo was there. Well, okay, so D'Angelo's senior year. D'Angelo's was senior year, they they weren't four? as good as they were, but going in. You know, there was a thought that that Memphis you know, people forget that their quarterback broke their leg on like looks like on the third play of the game. <laughs> but but going into that year, you had D'Angelo senior, and that was the year Rodney Carney and them, and they all went to the Elite Eight. So that year, there was quite a bit of, of hype because there was a feeling that that maybe just maybe Memphis could go undefeated if if. Patrick, whatever his name is, if he didn't break his leg. Um, but in terms of, but because that happened, yeah, I don't know. But this team, uh, so I guess that's and, and, and five. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh five, yeah, oh five, oh six. Yeah, still a long but time. Still, I mean, you're talking a long time ago. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, my daughter was what. What three, two, and she's about to turn fifteen, or she's about to turn sixteen. Excuse me. So yeah, yeah it's so been there's, a a, there's a bunch of <laughs> bunch of fans out there that wasn't even a, or don't doesn't even remember that. Don't again, remember. It doesn't that. happen yeah. very often. I mean, two thousand five guys. I was I was born in ninety six, so I'd have been like nine, maybe nine, <laughs> yeah. ten. Oh, well, wow. I mean, so you know. So what I remember about that year very distinctly, and and Brian, you may remember this is D'Angelo's last game, we played Marshall at home. And that was a Saturday midday game. The night before in the preseason NIT finals, Memphis played Duke, lost by two to Mm. Duke. And D'Angelo sets the all-purpose yardage record against Marshall the next day. I don't. I mean, I, that. And and another cool memory is we played. See, Memphis played in the Motor City Bowl, and D'Angelo went nuts, and Guskowski kicked like a sixty-something yard field goal. It was a crazy game, and then we all had to hustle back because the next night we played uh, Adam Morrison and Gonzaga at home. Consequently, nine That's months later, my second daughter was born. True story. Wow. <laughs> true story. <laughs> exactly. Nine months later, my second daughter was born. That's true. Someone was excited um, so, that day. <laughs> it was a it was an exciting time, man. <laughs> so, uh, so that, that's probably the last time I remember both of your major programs being, you know, this. And, and I think Norvell's got the team even higher than that. I oh yeah, yeah by far. That. Yeah, and and there's other programs doing well too. Women's soccer, I think, is ranked eighth in the nation right now. Oh, wow. Men's soccer is getting, um, they're receiving votes in the top 25, so they're on the cusp of uh, being a top 25 team. Yep. So definitely and our a good time. Team is actually expected to be really good this year too. Yes, and I think I think fans are really wanting that. Uh, there, I know I've been. Hearing a lot of baseball fans, you know, you know what's wrong with them, blah blah blah. But they've recruited well. Coach Rock has re- recruited some pitching, and I think that's what they were lacking uh, last year. But they get, definitely got some pitching now, and uh, I mean, they should be uh, should be good times ahead for them. They should be competitive this year. I, I, yeah. I would expect that. I, I'm actually excited to be on that uh, second year on the beat for Memphis baseball, just because the uh, Memphis baseball parents are awesome. And I think when you look at the lineup of Hunter Goodman, you look at the guys, the JUCO guys that are coming in, this is the year for Memphis to get back to the NCAA tournament. Well, there they need to, and, and I think, I'm, and I'm I think Goodman could get this. drafted. 
There is oh, I nothing better. Well, there is nothing better than going to one of those games. And I'm sincere about this. On a, on a, on a spring evening, pick out a game and go. I, they are so much yes. fun. My wife and I have been several times. And, uh, you know, it's, it's it, the stadium, what they've got is just absolutely beautiful. If you haven't been over there, go see it. I mean, my gosh, it is absolutely gorgeous. And, again, you know, uh, you know we, we went a couple times in April, mid-April, and it's just beautiful night. And it's one of those, you know, early, warm spring nights. And I think we were playing Cincinnati and just mashed Cincinnati. There is nothing better than beating Cincinnati, and I don't care what sport it's in. Sincerely, like mm-hmm. I, I don't care. The only thing is, though, you haven't uh, you haven't sat through one of those dreaded, dreaded, god awful Memphis rain delays. I think we had. I want to say, Brian, you can maybe correct me. I think we had like seven last year, and I know Awu. If he's listening, Awu will probably text me and go, "Hey." We have like 20, but no, like those Saturday <laughs> games, I remember the, sec- uh, the first weekend of May, I forgot who it was, but maybe Wichita State or somebody like that. It was literally, we had, we were supposed to start at 11 or 12, play a doubleheader, but it literally rained from like, and we ended up playing a doubleheader on Sunday, canceling on Saturday after sitting at the ballpark for six hours. Mm. So, fun time, fun time baseball. We're going to be good this year, hopefully. And don't forget, women's I'm basketball. I'm thinking we should dome that thing now. <laughs> women's basketball. Rod texted me to remind me. Women's basketball uh, was ahead of top 35 recruiting class this year. And with UConn leaving the conference, watch. They, 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 I think the women's basketball can do great things as soon as UConn leaves. Not that they can't this year, but with those recruits, I think give them one year to you know really – you know, get to know the system, you know, get get a year of college underneath their belt. I think women's basketball is two years away from, um, you know, ma- making that jump. And speaking of be, women's it, basketball, be sure you guys go out, you know, and I'm talking to a lot of Tiger fans, be sure you go out that Tuesday night game against UConn. Let me look it up real quick because I know they play UConn at home, and I know Isaac and I are planning a lot of cool stuff around that game and Gino coming to town and, Usually, I did the women's basketball when UConn coming to town. I've got to go to that. It is on January 14th. It's a 7 p.m. tip-off there at the field house. Go check it out. It's going to be a really, really fun environment to go see. So, they're playing, uh, they're playing it at, at El Marone, huh? I think they are. I think that as of right now, according to the schedule, that is where they have it. Now, they may change it. Cause they I think they, to, did they play at the Forum last time? I think I'm not they sure. did. I I, I was I wasn't on the Memphis beat back then. I was on the SEC beat, but I think they did play at FedEx Forum on that one. But I'm not 100 percent sure. I would have to go back and ask guys from that. But still, that that should be. A, I mean, still should be a good game. I mean, I know UConn's UConn, and Memphis will probably lose by 40 because well, yeah, yeah, yeah. just because it's UConn. But still, right. it, you know, support the girls. Good deal. Any last words before All we right. get on out of here? No, this is our first chance to really tailgate. And, um, you know, because the other games yes. have been early kickoffs or a Thursday game. I, I fully expect a really raucous crowd. I, I, and, and I mean that in every sense of the word. I think it'll be a big crowd. Um, despite the loss this week, I still think it'll be a good sized crowd. And I, I think there'll be a lot of people that get down there really early and um, probably inhale. Quite a few drinks, and um, <laughs> and uh, I think it'll be pretty raucous. I really do. And Tulane usually brings a decent crowd up. Um, they there's do. There's a lot of Tulane grads here in town, so they'll, they'll you know, they'll, it's going to be a good game. I'll simply say this: even if, a lot of people do this, and you'll see, Brian. I know you've been. You will see. There'll probably be fifty thousand people. At the tailgate, there'll probably be thirty thousand people at at the game, and um, and that's fine. I have no problem. I'm one of those fans. Like, I don't care. If you you show up and support the team, however you want to, um, but but go out and support the team. Like that's the important thing. And I I just think that these guys. I think you're gonna you're gonna everybody's gonna be really surprised. Um, the people that are down on Memphis after this week, they're going to be surprised Saturday night. 
I think some people will be eating crow for sure because there's been uh, I know Twitter's a, a bunch of muck anyway, but there's there's some muck been thrown around on Twitter, but. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I do see good things as well. Uh, appreciate you guys for joining, and uh, we'll do it again next week. You guys have a good Thanks one. Thanks so much.